calling in the bonds of love we meet for the world anew. Welcome to Muffin Talk. Welcome to Muffin Talk. Muffin Talk is a weekly radio program to which I invite guests to talk about their work and their passion for issues on community programs, social justice, Bible studies, the Catholic Church, or interfaith dialogue. Today I have invited Dr. Chris Longhurst to a Zoom recording for our broadcast. Chris, a warm welcome and hi to my radio program. Hi to my, hi my. Thank you, Beate. It's lovely to be here with you. Dr. Christopher, Long- Christopher Longhurst is a New Zealander who spent many years abroad. He returned to, to Aotearoa, New Zealand after his academic studies in theology and gaining work experience in Europe and Northern Africa. In uh-huh. Rome, Italy, he was an operatore didattico, an educational instructor for the scientific and administrative management of the Vatican Museums. And in Ifran, in Morocco, he served as Assistant Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies at Alakawan University. Back in New Zealand, he's a lecturer at Te Kupinga Theological College of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and actively involved in interreligious dialogue and interfaith work. Chris, this is an impressive biography. However, there's another achievement that I haven't mentioned so far in this introduction. You have recently returned from graduation of the King Abdullah bin Abdulaziz International Center for Interreligious and Intercultural Dialogue, the Kaiseed Fellows Program in Lisbon, Portugal. Can you tell us more about Kaiseed so that we can better understand the significance and the honor for you to be part of this program? Thank you, Beatrice. Certainly, it was an honor to graduate from the uh, the 2020 International Fellows Program. And the, and the Fellows Program for CAISEED basically sums up what CAISEED is uh, primarily about, um, at least um, as a um, training um, uh, hub um, for, for people involved in interreligious dialogue and intercultural dialogue. So the CAISEED Fellows Program brings together um, already people who are leaders or educators um, in um, academic institutions that teach religion or faith-based institutions um, or places that involve religion. Um, so the, the Fellows Program brings those people together for training and dialogue facilitation, intercultural communication, and to promote social cohesion, um, and, um, uh, to, to go back to their local communities um, and to carry on the work that they were prior to doing to impart the new knowledge that they learn in the Fellows Program um, around interreligious dialogue um, and um, intercultural dialogue as well. So basically the program equips uh, fellows um, with the skills to educate their own students um, and their own communities about interreligious dialogue and interfaith relations so that they too can become facilitators and leaders um, in dialogue 
and active peace um, advocacy um, in their local communities. So it's an extraordinary um, program insofar as that it passes on and continues to pass on um, through um, teaching teachers to teach them uh, their students as well. Um, so that, that's what the the, the, the the fellows program is all about. Um, but again, the fellows program is just a part of the uh, of CAISED, um the International Dialogue Centre, uh, which is a unique organisation uh, because um, it has a um, a, a dual governance structure. Um, uh, it's comprised of both a council of parties made up of representatives of uh, the founding states um, um, for Kaiseed, as well as um, it's made up of representatives of um, leaders of, of the world's uh, major religions. So, so again, it has this both state and religious leadership uh, dual governance role. Uh, the founding the founding members, uh, the founding states were the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh, the Kingdom of Spain, the Republic of Austria, and the Holy See. Um, so the leaders of those countries uh, make up the leadership of Kaiseed, together with um, uh, leaders of Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, Islamic, and uh, Jewish uh, religions as well. So not only does it have this dual governance role, it also, the way it operates is quite unique uh, because it follows both the top-down model and the bottom-up model, meaning that top-down, um, it uh, the, the people at those leadership roles in the religions and the states um, interact with people on the ground um, who are involved at the grassroots level in their countries, um, in their regions, doing interfaith dialogue and um, interreligious relations work. Um, so, again, it creates this extraordinary nexus of relationships between you know, powerful people at the top and, and you know, important people at the bottom um, as well. Chris, you, you mentioned uh, powerful people and you mentioned that uh, state and religion. Uh, is there a balance of state and religion or are some of them maybe both in one? They are uh, powerful state uh, persons and uh, religious leaders. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the balance um, yeah, sure. I think um, that um, in society in general today, that balance is important because we have uh, state leaders governing countries and um, uh, we have leaders of religions governing, governing also um, the outworking of the religious religious practice. Um, so therefore, you have policymakers, for example, ministers who um, are in charge of religious affairs or ethnic affairs interacting with um, uh, heads of religious communities um, on the ground or um, in their local uh, churches or uh, religious communities um, uh, or, or in the Alma in the case of Islam. Um, perhaps in the state um, uh, as well, um, insofar as some countries today are still governed by a religious polity interacting together. So power in the sense of authority um, and capacity to make change. And that's what I think is important and unique about KIC, that it interacts at that top level um, so that those persons who can make those changes are involved um, in the um, 
and being informed by the people on the ground. Um, so I, I think the balance is simply in the collaboration between the leaders of both uh, both both roles. So it's not a either or; it's a both and kind of um, organization. Um, wherever you know, and and the, and from my experience with Kai Seed, it's not um, uh, it's it's where it works. It's not theoretically based, um, and we learned this in the in, in the, um, in the, in the Kaiseed Fellows Program um, to move away from um, overemphasizing the um, uh, the importance of theory at, um, at the expense of um, uh, practice. Um, so Kaiseed operates on the level of practice, um, where hopefully it's informed by good theory. But the important thing about Kaiseed is that where it works, where the people are um, um, in their local communities and the regions, um, is where the work is done. Being uh, in in collaboration with authoritative ministers of the state. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the history? How old is Kaisid? Who initiated it? So you mentioned um, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the Republic of Austria, and uh, the Vatican. Um, but but how did that come about uh, to create Kaisid? And it has quite an Ara Arabic name. Indeed, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, although I'm not um, the best person to uh, to consult regarding the history of Kaisi, but what I have been informed is that um, uh, the 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 name, uh, the, the dedication to um, King Abdulaziz uh, was given by the um, head of the Holy See at the time, who was Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, um, uh, that's what I've heard. Um, um, in 2012, so only 10 years ago, was when the uh, the Dialogue Center was founded. And um, when you look at its history um, and there's information about the history and the, and the development of Kai Seed, it's made extraordinary progress and outreach throughout the world um, through being both uh, providing both an international focus and a regional-based focus too. For example, in the Fellows Program, there's an international cohort, which is what I was part of because there's no Oceania cohort. Um, yet there, there, there were European cohorts, uh, an African, um, South and Southeast Asia cohort, Latin America. Sorry, can I just ask you to clarify cohort? What, what do you mean exactly with cohort? Is that something structured and set or...? <laughs> Um, it's it's a, an, a focus region where people come together, fellows are um, pulled from that particular area. Um, so there are fellows who are pulled from the uh, from the Latin American area and they form the Latin, America, Latin American uh, Fellows Program. Uh, the European Fellows Program would pull uh, candidates to participate from, from Europe, for example. Um, so there are simultaneously an international cohort where people from all around the world come together um, uh, which is absolutely extraordinary to remember uh, the, the what I experienced at Kai Seed in the Fellows Program was not the learning of interreligious dialogue, but the doing of interreligious dialogue. And that became um, an important focus of the training as well. So a lot of these um, binaries uh, that we create um, are actually not only broken down, um, it's, uh, Kai Seed shows in its training how they're not real. Um, they're sometimes not applicable when things like dialogue needs to have an effect. 
In other words, what I'm trying to say is that all the theory behind the dialogue is useless if it's not put into practice. Um, and it's where it's where it's practiced well and effectively is where the change takes place. Um, therefore, there's a lot of overlap between these binaries like theory and practice, um, learning and doing. Um, it's all mixed up um, in, a, in a very um, um, exciting way and, and a way that makes interreligious dialogue um, effective um, when it's done. Um, Chris, can so you tell us how you got involved and in how, how did you become a member of this program? Sure, um, and I invite anyone who's interested to go online and look at the um, the, the International Fellows Program uh, because they're, they've made a call for the 2023 cohort just recently. Um, anyone who's interested, as I was, um, in upskilling, in um, facilitating dialogue, um, uh, you know, would be would be wise to apply. Um, as I did, I actually applied in 2017, and it's quite competitive, and I never made it. So I applied, reapplied in, in 2019. For the, it is a highly competitive and selective process, um, and there are certain you know criteria that are required for you to um, be selected as a fellow. For example, uh, you would already be involved in. Uh, teaching at least um, if it weren't in uh, religious studies or uh, theology um, um, you would you would be teaching in those fields and 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 Kaiseed would train you in for example um, into religious dialogue to go back to where to your students and to incorporate that into the programs that you're already teaching um, so it does target people who are already educators in the fields of religion or involved in religious practice on a um, educational level um, which of course there's a very very broad and important field there too uh, because the premise is that we are transformed through our educational process. So to... Um I've, I, as a theologian, um, it was important for me to be able to um, speak um, uh, uh, to different people of diverse religions uh, regarding the theological ideas that subsist in diverse religions in a comparative way too. Uh, so that's why I uh, was interested in upskilling in this field and applied um, and finally did get accepted. Um, you know, New, New Zealand's in a, in a unique part of the world, uh, both geopolitically um, and, of course, um, physically. Um, and uh, Oceania, too, is an important part of the world where there are a lot of um, indigenous cultures with their own nature-based religions um, uh, that come together with people of those same ethnicities that practice major world religions. So the problem with New Zealand, which I wanted to address and look forward to still addressing today um, with the help of Kai Seed was managing New Zealand's very high religious diversity and very high um, cultural diversity. Um, I think it's quite, um, you know, New Zealand is a place of risk, in my opinion, to have such high diversity without structures to manage it. 
and CAISI provides uh, people like their fellows with the tools to um, um, offer um, educational expertise in how to manage religious diversity, how to manage cultural diversity too. Again, I don't think New Zealand can pride itself on being a, um, a wonderful, tolerant country simply, be, simply because we have these high degrees of religious diversity and cultural diversity if we don't have um, in our educational system to manage it. And um, so, so you said that there are these focus groups and you say that uh, New Zealand belongs to Oceania. Is that correct? Is there a focus group, Oceania? No, not yet, because I'm the only uh, fellow, actually, not only from New Zealand, but from Oceania at this time. But, of course, growing, hopefully, uh, when a number of fellows from the same region come together, that's when uh, a CAICI would form a, um, a, a regional cohort. So, um, so in order so, to form this cohort, we have to make sure that you have support and get other people from Oceania to become members, and then together you would form a cohort. Is that correct? Indeed. Indeed. Indeed, the, the, the beautiful thing about CAICI, too, is that it is where it operates. So where its fellows are, where its staff are, where its um, advisors are working um, is where CAICI is. Um, and that's also in the um, um, online, in the virtual reality space um, through through fantastic first-class, you know, world-class programs and interface dialogue, just dialogue um, as well. Um, so um, you know, CAICI um, provides provides that um, easy access through um, online training as well. Um, How many members are there more or less of this fellows program? Because you said it was very difficult to get accepted. So how do they have a limit or how do they work? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, 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 the, the graduation that I just attended in Portugal had three cohorts graduating from 2020, the international, the African, and the South and Southeast Asia, and together we comprise 61, mm. 61 um, fellows. And of that, I believe around 22 were of the international cohort from 2020. So probably around 20, 25 persons um, qualified, um, uh, at least on the international level, um, for each annual cohort. Um, though I'm not sure exactly how that's worked out. Uh, you also mentioned uh, the, the um, abundance of information and it's an information hub. Can you tell us more for somebody who's just, who might not be interested in becoming a, a member or a fellow, but because, um, as you said, it's not so easy, but if somebody just wants to get some information and for his or her personal life um, together in a, in a society that is very diverse, Can you recommend anything or can you give us an example of a program? Absolutely, absolutely. And there are the introductory level programs to um, peace building, interreligious dialogue, interfaith relations at the Knowledge Hub, it's called. If you simply Google um, CAISEED um, and um, on its main webpage, you'll find um, information along the top about who CAISEED is, what they do, news and events. Also, um, if you click on what's called the Knowledge Hub, um, there are... Um, e-learning courses um, and webinars um, um, on that site there too. For example, if you click on e-learning courses, uh, there will be a... a, a um 
I can I can put the the website uh, link to on the um, on on the website and also in this interview. So that that will be helpful. But can you give us an example of something very practical? Just pick out one that you think is very useful. Uh, sure. I, I think um, given that Kaiseed's overall mission is simply to 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 foster peace in the world today, um, then using interreligious dialogue to strengthen peace, reconciliation, and social cohesion um, is one of the uh, moderated online courses. Mm-hmm. And so, so how long are these courses? Can you tell us a bit about them? Is it one? Is it like an hour, or do you? Is it a course where you have to um, watch a series of programs? Or yeah, just an idea. Yes, um, like most um, um, online courses, they they can be signed. You can register uh, when you want and undertake the learning at your own pace. Um, the the Moodle. Uh, teaching and learning module uh, platform that Kaisi uses is, is, is highly interactive where there are inbuilt webinars where the uh, instructors uh, will talk to talk to you um, and um, invite you to engage in um, um, workshops um, as well. So they're, they're, they're carried out by the participant um, at the participant's own pace um, online. Um, um, so I would, I would encourage anyone who's interested interested in, um, you know, in uh, interreligious dialogue and um, interfaith relations to, 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 to look at them. They're easily accessible. Um, many of them are free as well. And um, some will offer um, certificates, will award certificates. And actually many will award certificates, um, um, which would, of course, be part of your professional development of um, people already involved in education in this um, area. That's very that's very helpful. And Chris, can you tell us now? You you have had your graduation. What happens now? Are you in constant contact with them, with the other fellows, or how does it work? How much time do you spend with the program? Indeed, indeed. Actually, the, the, the graduation took place right at the end of the last training. And at the last training, um, which was, from my point of view, one of the most important, actually, uh, because um, it showed how this is the um, the start of a new beginning um, in interreligious dialogue, where Kaiseed has not just um, trained its fellows, but now the, the fellows are taken to another level of furthering their own initiatives. Um, uh, that they were required to um, complete as part of the graduation. So all the fellows um, to be accepted into the program had to provide um, a proposal for an initiative that they would work on um, the fellowship back in their home countries and implement. Um, and uh, that's all been successfully done now. Uh, but now what Kaisi does is bring fellows together where their programs, where their initiatives were similar um, to come together and work on bigger initiatives. And Kaiseed offers support uh, um, in those programs, financial support, um, of course, structural support. Um, so now it's up to us to take the learning that we've gained over the past. It should have been one year for the 2020 cohort. It was um, 2020 fellows program was two years because of the complications, uh, you know, worldwide around um, COVID. Um, but um, what I'm trying to say is that what we've learned over these past 
two years is now um, expected to be applied um, in our local organizations and in the groups that we belong to, um, the councils that I'm on um, and the committees that I'm on. Um, uh, uh, there's an opportunity now to um, put some of that work in. It doesn't, it doesn't just end there. We learned um, interreligious dialogue is not an event. Um, it's not even an occasion. Um, it's the process that takes place over, you know, either uh, throughout the maturation of life or in certain points along life's journey. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's really important. And uh, as you say, that it should be part of your life. And uh, you are doing your best also to promote the idea and to promote the resources because these resources are available and um, they are free of charge, I understand. You can just participate. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, indeed, indeed. And uh, like like all education, but especially in this important field um, of interreligious dialogue, of being educated or being, becoming literate um, in doing this kind of work, um, it transforms people's lives. Um, and that, that's, I think, where the um, both the success of the program is um, and uh, the personal success of the people who are involved in it, uh, because once that transformation begins, um, you can see how um, your entire um, you, your own lives are um, enriched by that knowledge of other people's faiths and again it's not just the learning of it, it's the doing of it that I found throughout the program was um, life giving um, and um, also challenging um, Kaisi doesn't just create safe spaces for dialogue it creates brave opportunities to challenge in safe ways um, and we learned that too um, another if I may just briefly touch on the importance of the um, of um, of, of moving away also from the, the, you know, the, the reason is important. The rational side of doing dialogue is very important. Um, but what we learned throughout the program was how important it is to empathize, to have empathy with the other, um, and to listen, um, not just in, um, in, 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 in word, but actually in practice, what listening means and how to listen well, um, to enter that space of the other, um, in order for that dialogue to be effective. Both, both as a patient listener and as a um, active participant in the speaking process too. The way that's done, just to learn the simultaneous simplicity of the basics of that and the complexity of getting it right. Um, it really makes dialogue actually a lot of fun um, <laughs> because, again, it is, it's transformative. Yes. And can I just, last question, um, what age group are the fellows? Are they all age groups or is it a certain age group? Sure, indeed. Indeed, they're all age groups. Um, I don't think um, there's any um, – there's no um, limit on, on your age, uh, at least participating in the fellows program. Granted, some of the, um, the initiatives or more specialised uh, activities um, might have a – Cut off, uh, cut off age, um, but the fellows program doesn't. Wonderful, thank you so much, Chris. And uh, it's really um, interesting what you have said, and I think that we've all learned a lot. I will make sure that the uh, website and on my website we'll have the link to the website of the Kaiseed Dialogue Center, so that people get to know more about it. And um, yeah, thank you very much. And thank you, Yate. Thank you. And for the, the listeners of um, who are interested in Titi Paunamu, study and joy, another 
a study um, opportunity. There will be a program on the 20th of April with Brother Kieran Finn, who is introducing us to three women in the Bible. And then on the 29th of April, Dr. Christopher Longhurst. So we've just have had the, the chance to speak to Chris. So Chris will show us some examples on Michelangelo's fascinating paintings of the same three women in the scriptures and three women from the Greek mythology. All our sessions of Titipo Namu are currently held on Zoom, so we don't depend on any respective alert levels or traffic light systems. So for more information and registration, please see my website at www.studyjoy.nz or send an email to info at studyjoy.nz. Kia kaha and keep safe. Thank you, Chris. Kia ora. In the bonds of love we meet For the world a new day dawning and shining So